0: This episode of the Youth Ministry United podcast is brought to you by G Shades. G Shades is a youth ministry curriculum and teaching strategy that is focused on helping students see every life situation through the lens of the gospel. And I know what you're thinking, Graham, I don't have the budget for a youth ministry curriculum. But I'll tell you this, guys. G-Shades has options to fit everybody, and I mean everybody. With three plans to choose from, and every single one of these plans has the resources that you need to do what you want to do, which is impact your students and to impact them better. So if you just need message outlines, a discussion guide for your small groups, and like a game... That plan is only $16 a month. Maybe you're looking for higher production value, like a bumper video before the message or an Instagram devotional or a parent guide so you can keep them informed on what you guys are teaching. That's only $25 a month. And, and let's say you want to step it up again and have a video curriculum that's going to help you increase your online reach during this pandemic and moving forward because we know all of our kids are online. G Shades has you covered for that. It's only $36 a month. You're not Not gonna find youth ministry video curriculum at that price point anywhere else. And I'll tell you this, just from what I've downloaded and used myself, the content that they create is amazing. It is so excellent, so well done. The content is good. The outline messages are. Incredible! The bumper videos alone are worth thirty-six dollars a month. It just takes your messages. It takes your impact to the next level. You don't want to miss out on this. So, head to gshades.org to download season two of G Shades Youth Ministry Curriculum, and make sure you use the promo code United. That's U N I T E D, all uppercase. United at checkout to get an extra five dollars off. And remember, G Shades. It's about seeing life through the lens of the gospel. Welcome to the Youth Ministry United podcast, where our goal is to equip you, encourage you, and empower you to do all that God has called you to do in your youth ministry. So without further ado, let's jump into this week's episode.
1: All right, what's up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of Youth Ministry United podcast. I am your host, uh, the Pod Father, better known as Matt Bowman or uh, or the TikTok King. For those of you that have been following following for a while, Um, uh, yeah, I TikTok. You know, I'm not actually the TikTok King. My my the most views I have on a video I think is like 1,700. So um, I'm working on that. So. Uh, but enough about me uh, we have a guest with us today adam doyle adam what 's up bro
2: what's up man i didn't know I was in the presence of greatness the pod Go father on. <laughs>
1: the pod father yes we all have so we all have nicknames i've got a couple other guys that run this podcast with me um, and we all we all have nicknames so nice uh, and we all give we all of our guests by the end of the time that they 're with us get a nickname as well.
2: Sweet. I'm looking forward to that. So I I'm I'm am
1: yeah, not usually the one that comes up with nicknames. So we'll see how I do with this because <laughs> I'm, I'm not creative. So I just kind of like roll with the same nicknames that we've had. So, all right, um, so bro, uh, okay, here, here's here's how we're going to start this. Um, we asked all of our guests an icebreaker question. So Oops. I'm just going to jump into the icebreaker first.
2: Cool. Let me ask you something real quick yeah is this all going to be recorded for audio or is this going to be we're all on video and audio uh
1: we'll 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 find out sometimes i'll post it to video we'll see
2: dang all right we'll see. <laughs>
1: so okay here's here's your icebreaker question you ready for this yeah yeah this is yeah. like this is like life or death bro like okay bro it's the best icebreaker question we've ever had
2: well i got uh, jesus in my corner so i should be all right
1: uh you well, yeah there you go <laughs> um okay so if you were staring any mammal face to face and the mammal can't move just staring you straight in the face what mammal could you knock out with one punch
2: <laughs> what mammal could i knock out isn't it like an otter a mammal um, i think so well that, that's about as, as good as my as i'm gonna get
1: <laughs> an, o- an otter that's great dude i love it i love it
2: um <laughs> Anything bigger than that, and I'm probably gonna get hurt.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I live in I live in Springfield, Ohio, and I, I say this almost every time we do this podcast. So all of our listeners are probably tired of it, but you've not heard this. So I think the more I drive around Springfield, Ohio, yeah, I could knock out a baby cow. <laughs> I just see a- like they've got big heads. And I'm thinking, you know, like it's not like a full-grown cow, so I think I could knock it out.
2: I don't think so, bro. Have you, obviously, you've never like dealt with any baby cows at all. Have you ever d- done any like uh, calving or branding? No. No, I think a baby cow could take you, bro. No, but like looking
1: at the baby cows, I'm like, yeah, I think I can knock that out.
2: No, I'm, I'm thinking the podfather better stay behind his podcast seat. Bro. <laughs> I, think, I think a baby cow could get you, bro. Uh,
1: you might be. You might be right. Uh, <laughs> I you know the otter was a good answer I think um, <laughs> yeah I think you know I, we've had some good ones uh, cool Carl from Sunday cool said a sperm whale um, <laughs> oh, yeah that was that was a, that was a good one um, the associate pastor at my church said um, what's he say a, a, a walrus.
2: See, I'm pretty. See, I, I almost think a, an otter could take me. I, these other ones are way out of my bounds, bro. Yeah, I was yeah. thinking kangaroo, but they're like natural boxers, man. That's true. <laughs> true.
1: Yeah. Well, I, I like, I like your answer, bro. Um, <laughs> eventually, is going to come after our podcast. <laughs> yeah, for, dude, you hit. <laughs> for talking about for, for talking about punching mammals. Um, yeah, for sure. But uh, we are going to get into uh, some actual ministry conversation um, Ooh, instead of instead of talking about punching mammals all podcast.
2: Um, well, you know, if you get in trouble, bro, you can come over here to Wyoming. They're all about uh, punching <laughs> animals on. over here, there bro. We go. So. There we go.
1: I'm on my way. Uh, okay. So before, before we hop into the questions, uh, we always ask our guests to just share a little bit about themselves uh, to start off. So it, um, just share kind of a little bit about you, where you're from, where you serve, what sure. you do, interesting facts about yourself, whatever you want to share.
2: Uh, go, sure, man. So uh, I'll just uh, introduce myself the way I do at Celebrate Recovery, man. My name is Adam, and I'm a recovering dirtbag alcoholic addict, and Jesus is my homie. Adam is my issue, so me and Jesus are working on that, though. So I grew up in a, a home uh, with drug addicts for parents and <clears throat> alcoholics for parents, and, and so I, you know, my whole childhood was was a just a big, long story of addiction and, um, you know, the, the childhood that comes along with that. So it's not that I would ever felt unloved or even that I was physically abused or anything, but I was always second place to that drug, you know what I mean? To that alcohol. And so, um, I always swore that I would never become that, that thing. Like if I ever had a family of my own, I would never become that.
1: Yeah.
2: I I would rise above that and I would never become that. But unfortunately man uh you know I believe that if we don't do something to change our, our futures and and, and and what's been handed down to us that we're uh, we we keep on uh, perpetrating that generational sin that that generational curse on down the lines so I'm trying to be the I'm trying to be that that change in, in the middle of that, man, you know? And uh, so I did that for a long time. I had three sons before, before I actually got my act together. And so um, I became a, a meth addict, intravenous drug, drug user, meth addict, and um, hardcore alcoholic. But I, I mean, it's not like I struck with one drug either. I, I, whatever I could get my hands on, that's what I was about. And so I was just a gutter level junkie, nobody, and and God got a hold of me, man. And he, he changed everything. And so, uh, in 2011, I went to jail and furloughed out to treatment. And in treatment, um, God really got a hold of me, man. He just, he just changed everything about my life. I was in, I just turned 30 that year, or 31, can't remember. But uh, man, he just got a hold of me in that place. And they told me right when I got there that, you know, I needed to believe in a, a power greater than myself. And I had been to church uh, when I was younger at, in my early uh, teen years like 11, 12, 13, my parents went on this little uh, hiatus in there where, where, uh, they went to church and took us all to church. And, and so some seeds were planted in my life. Then I had, I, I did have a lot of resentment for God though. And, um, and so even though I had a res- resentment built up for God, because at that point I just started blaming God for everything that was wrong in my life. You know, every problem that I had was God's fault because why didn't He come and fix it? If He's so omnipotent and and you know all-knowing and all-powerful, then why why was my life such garbage? And I used to just blame it on Him, and that kept me sick and in in my sin for a long time. You know, because I was a victim. But the truth is, you're not a victim uh, unless you let your be a victim. Let you let unless you let yourself be a victim. And especially at this age. I mean, that's different in that's right. you know when you're a child, for sure. Um, there's definitely. I, there was times when I was a victim in my life, but to continue to wear that victim jacket and, and act like I was a victim was just all it did was keep me sick and in my sin. So, But God got a hold of me and they told me I needed to believe in something great, power greater than myself. And, and Jesus was right there. He had never left. It was me that turned my back on Jesus, not him on me. So yeah. um, through that whole experience, I just dove in headfirst to God and chased after him. Um, I've been clean. Actually, March 22nd will be 10 years. I've been wow. clean from drugs and alcohol. And I, I became a leader in Celebrate Recovery in this ministry in this, this church here. Highland Park Community Church is where I go to church. And I'm a, a youth pastor at Celebrate Recovery here at Highland Park Community Church. But I I actually, my story is similar to yours, man. And, and I know that I haven't really shared my whole story with you. But um, I just, I had only been working here for two months when COVID hit. So I wasn't even a youth pastor yet. I was a, I, they hired me on as the youth director for Celebrate Recovery. And so I was a mechanic up until January 7th of 2020. I was a mechanic. Wow. So.
1: Wow, bro. Yeah. I I, I love hearing how, how God has just kind of worked in your story. And, um, you know, yeah, I did. I didn't know you had, you know, been hired in January of of 2020 but you know the last last year has brought a lot of challenges uh, not just for youth pastors that have just started out but for everyone so 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 talking about that like what what was the biggest challenge for you in your ministry when COVID first became became a thing
2: so the thing that kind of led up to me becoming uh the youth director and also then transitioning in the middle of COVID I actually got my uh my license. I am a pastor now, but uh, the thing that transitioned up until that was my son who was, so when my ex-wife and I separated, my oldest son is now 19. He was three and she left Nevada where we were living at the time and came, came here to Wyoming with him. And she basically said, I'll, you'll never see him again. And I was like, just, heartbroken you know but in that point in my life I was such an addict and such a a glutton for punishment I don't really know how else to put it I was one of those people that was like you hurt me now watch me hurt myself Mm -hmm. and it's going to be all your fault which of course is just nonsense I don't blame her for leaving me she had to get away from me I was just a mess but he was three years old he was 10 years old again before I would I talked to him one time on the phone in that seven years and uh, so I had to reintroduce myself to my son when he was 10. And so we had to rebuild that relationship once he was 10 years old. And I, and I got clean from drugs and alcohol. We rebuilt that relationship. And, and it's an amazing relationship today. But in the middle of that, um, a couple of years ago, he was 14. He's 19 now. I got a phone call one day while I was, I was a mechanic. I was working at Midas. And I got a phone call from his school. And they said, hey, we need you to come down here to the, uh, to the uh, school. Your son has just been caught selling drugs to another student. And to come from where I had come from to this place with my son, I mean, as a recovering addict, to, to I didn't even know my son was using drugs. And then to find out he was selling drugs, it was just, it was like getting hit in the face with a, a two by four. I mean, you could talk about powerlessness and uh, just feeling out of control and helpless, man. It was like, God, what is, What? And I remember just having that conversation with him too. my son uh, at the time, just like, why would you choose this for yourself? When you know what this has done to our family, what this has done to me, you've seen this firsthand and been a part of this. His mom's an alcoholic too. So, I mean, it's just, it's been part of his whole life. And so that goes back to what I was talking about before with the generational curses and handing that down. Um, You know, I, I, it took, it took me a lot of, a lot of effort and work to, to try to not be that person in his life anymore and be there for him. And man, there was times that, well, he was going through this too, because he went to the whole rebellious side of that, of that, uh, thing. And he started spending a lot of time in the juvenile detention center here. He was spending time in, uh, he, he got on probation, was spending time in and out of the, it seemed like every week, every other weekend, he was in the juvenile detention center. And through that whole, uh, thing, I got involved in this, a organization called the mirror program and we started going into the juvenile detention center and working with these kids at the juvenile detention center every weekend we were there on saturday nights and then also another facility here called the youth crisis center and we were going in there every wednesday and working with these kids and so through that whole thing um is where god really started calling me and shaping me and working with me i remember just falling on my knees one day and saying, God, I don't know what you have for me—a two-time loser, junkie, nobody like me—but here I am, Lord, use me. I just—I want to scream your name from the mountaintops and uh, and and help me to, or help you to further your kingdom, whatever that means. Yeah. And so uh, that's when He started just shaping this whole thing, man, and called me to to working with teenagers, and 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 so I got hired on here at the church, and um and that's. As soon as COVID hit, those things that, that that I that I had been doing for two years, every every week, um, I mean, you can't go into the facilities anymore. You can't go into the jails. You can't go into any any place. These kids that I was working with, man, it just it felt like, and I was just figuring out on top of that what youth ministry looked like, just on as full time ministry. Uh, position, you know, supporting my family. And it it's like the whole carpet got pulled out from underneath me. Mm-hmm. And so there I can tell you for sure that there were several times, especially early on in this, that uh I just felt like an absolute fraud. You know, like um I had been hired to do this this job and I didn't know how to do it. I didn't know i basically at that point I wasn't doing it because there was nothing I could do. Right. For the things that they had hired me to do, I was no longer able to do. I mean so, it was just figuring that out and what what ministry even looks like in a zero contact world. You know what I mean? Like and so I, you went through it, we all have gone through it, and I really think that what's happened in this whole thing is is God is uh, man, he's really put the emphasis back on the church is not a building full of people. The yeah. church is the people, right That's right. That's right. And so um, it's just been really leaning into that. I can tell you one of the scariest things for me in the beginning of the um, COVID is we were still doing our outreach stuff here with Celebrate Recovery. And um, we did this thing called curbside kitchen. So every week these people would come in their cars and we, we still were getting tons of food and had food reserves. And we were giving food. Meals, not just meals, but you know, boxes full of food. Hopefully, that would create meals for these families throughout the week that they could take with them and take to their homes and cook these meals and, and support their families. And so, but we're also in this world where they're telling us every day, don't make any contact with people. No, you know, if you do, you need to be wearing gloves. You need to be wearing masks. You know, six feet away from each other. Don't. If somebody, make sure you're washing your hands in the early part of the COVID thing. And so we were serving probably 50 to 60 people every time we did this curbside kitchen. And what we'd have them do is just pull up in their car and we would walk out to their car with the food. And then we would, we would tell them, just stay in your car. We'll, we'll get it into your vehicle. Or do you want it in the trunk or the back seat? And we would open up their car Put the uh, food into the car. And I can tell you several times, you know, they didn't want to just sit in their cars. They wanted to get out of their cars and talk. And, you know, everybody wanted to have interaction. And, And a lot of times these people weren't wearing masks and as safe as we could possibly make it, it still was really, really scary in the middle of all that. Trying to love people like that and serve people like that, but also feeling like your own health was at risk because I can remember a couple of times where I developed a little cough or something. And it was like, Oh man, I got the COVID, you know? <laughs> and then you start questioning, should I even be doing this? Yeah. And it's like in those times you got to just lean into God and just trust that what he's calling you to do is, is what's what you need to do, man. And he's going to take care of you, whatever that looks like.
1: Yeah, absolutely, man. Um, so being that the, uh, the last year has just been, you yeah, know, we're like a year into this now, you know, literally as of like mid March, um, So with all the the challenges that have come with COVID um, and the ways that we've had to adjust and adapt and all of that, like how, how have you over the last year kind of innovated to, um, to face the challenges that have
0: come along
2: with COVID? Sure. Sure. I think the biggest thing, absolutely. In in the middle of all this is, is the, the online presence, right. Mm -hmm. And, and the, the, Um, whether you want to or not adapting to and um, becoming familiar with social media and the ins and outs of that. I mean, podcasting, uh, I mean, what you're doing right here is huge. You know what I mean? I think this is an excellent tool and amazing outreach to people that, that might not otherwise get any Jesus throughout their week. You know what I mean? And especially to the people that you're really talking to are the people that are discouraged in this, the people that are are in full-time ministry that are like, I don't understand God. What do I do now? You know? And really, I think that again, the coolest part about this for me has that God has really just spoken into me and the people that I work with that, that just trust me and and continue to, to answer to my call. And, and, and the church is not that building that you're used to sitting in and worshiping. And it's a beautiful place and it, 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 does amazing things, but the church is the people in this building. And so how do we do that? So, I mean, in, in Casper, what we've done is we've been able to – so I told you about the curbside kitchen. We've done a lot of things similar to that. There's an Indian reservation out here that's the Wind River Indian Reservation. It's in uh, Riverton, which is about two and a half hours away from here. But they were a hot spot for COVID when when this all hit and, at first. And and so they had this like – they call it a man camp. I don't know if you're familiar with that term or what it means. Mm-hmm. But they had a bunch of basically – like. Connex trailers, like the, the trailers that are on the back of a um, semi truck, and they they made living facilities inside of them. And they had like this encampment of 10 of these things in a row with all these people that had COVID positive in, inside of them. Wow. And they were living in there, and it was like a camp full of people that were sick with COVID and a bunch of outhouses. But the problem was they didn't have a lot of running water, you know, a, a lot of uh, food and, and the necessities that come with a, a situation like that, um, especially it was a lot, a lot of a transient population too. You know what I mean? And so we were able to be, bless them by just taking up, we we made a call out to our entire church one day, Hey, if you got bottled water, Gatorade, anything that could be used to hydrate someone, bring it down to the church. We're going to load up as much as we can and take it over to them. And we took them, I mean, literally probably a couple thousand cases of water and Gatorade and got to drop it off to them and just minister to them. And, and, uh, we did that also, there were some fires here this summer and we, there was the same type of situation with some firefighters at a youth camp that, that was shut down basically because of COVID, they didn't get to have any, uh, you know, kids come and be in in their camp. So it was empty. So they used it to house these firefighters. And so they started running out of food. And so we got to drive and take them a whole load of food and, and groceries and, um, water and all that kind of stuff for all these firefighters and we've been blessed to just really do a bunch of stuff like that um we did a big camp out this summer at the lake which is you know we were all outside um trying to social distance but also trying to have fun you know what i mean yeah and and keep everybody it's hard when you're cooped up and i remember the you know being cooped up in the house for what it was was almost two months it was like seven weeks or something like that I thought for sure my kids were going to eat each other, <laughs> but I got three teenagers at home, but man, it was an amazing time of um, rejuvenation for our family too. You know what I mean? We started really just bonding together. And I think that's really something God has done through all this too, is brought families together and, and um, just helping us remember what's important. You know what I mean? And then taking that beyond the four walls that we call the church or home even. Right. And, 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 it's that sense of community and loving on one another and people that i've seen in in our community have really stepped up to the call to helping each other i mean there's food banks and stuff like that all over casper there's there's people helping people you know what i mean um i've seen a lot of like pay it forward stuff going on it because a lot of stuff is uh drive-through only so i I can't tell you how many lines i've been in where it was a pay it forward line and like the people in front of me were paying for me. And then I was paying for the people behind me and it it was just going on and on and on. And that's, that's been really cool. And so I think that it's stuff like that though, that we can take into our own ministry. So we were doing uh, like Facebook live Bible studies. We were doing church online for, I mean, with preaching to a a audience of zero empty seats, but you know, but there was, Two to 300 people on the, uh, the counter, you know, online watching from Facebook live or, or YouTube yeah. live. And so that was, it was crazy adapting to that. But also, you know, I heard crazy numbers of, of church, uh, online presences being in the thousands that normally would only have hundreds. Yeah. So that's huge too, that, that God would use that vehicle to, to reach the people, you know, whatever it looks like. I feel like the, the people are hungry for, for Jesus right now in this mm-hmm. scary world that we're living in because you go to bed one day and it's it's one way the next day you wake up and the world's a completely different place right that's a scary thing so the one constant that we have though is jesus right yeah so i mean i don't know i don't know how anybody would go through what we've gone through the last year without jesus it's just absolutely absolutely you know
1: yeah yeah and i love right now how it's almost a blank canvas for for what ministry could look like in the future yeah. Um, I don't know how you feel about that, but i I absolutely love it yeah it's so, exciting yeah it's a, you know it's it's so exciting because um you know I, I feel like as youth pastors we get stuck in this rut of like you know we do these fall we do a fall retreat every year, and then we do a a winter uh, a winter overnight or and then we do a, a spring retreat and a summer mission trip and then so like what what could the future of of ministry look like so I, I get excited about that. Yeah. Um, and I, and I think it's important too, you know, over the last, over the last year, it's been discouraging for a lot of people. Um, oh, you know, I I've been, I've had seasons and in, in the last year where I've, I've been discouraged and, you know, am I really, am I really the one called to lead this ministry at this time? And I think it's helpful to go back and look at like the last year and kind of reminisce over like the wins that we've had. So, so what are some wins that you've had in this season, both, personally and in your ministry kind of looking back
2: man you know that's such an important question right now I feel like because I can honestly tell you that over the last year you know it it almost embarrasses me to say in this time of everybody else possibly going through all this stuff that that was just absolutely terrifying and excruciating for people losing jobs um you know, losing incomes and moving, maybe even losing housing—all these things. You know, what I mean, how mothers and fathers? How are we going to support our kids? How are we going to support our home? All this type of stuff. Right. That—that that, that this has been one of the 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 best years of my life. And so at first, it really it was like, man, I don't want I, I don't, you know, I don't even know. I don't want to brag about that. Like, that's not okay. But at the same time, it's so important because the reason it's been. One of the best years of my life is because of God working in my life, just doing amazing things. And people need to hear that, man. People need to hear that if you trust God and you rely on God and you give him your everything, he's going to give you his everything, man. And, and that's what he has for you too. Um, we are building a house, which is crazy. I mean, in the middle of a COVID world, like just, I mean, I'm only even it'll be 10 years that I've been clean in, in, on the 22nd. And so, I mean, literally 10 years ago, I was sleeping on people's couches, robbing people, stealing from people to try to uh, support my drug habit. And in 10 years, God has completely turned my life around and it's nothing of me. Like I have no, it's no, there's, you can't pat Adam on the back and say, look what Adam did, because it's nothing that I did, man. It's only God working in my life and, and working in my family's life, man. And, you know, I, I think back to um, Abraham in uh, in Genesis twenty two. I think is is the story of Isaac, right? <clears throat> so here's here's Abraham. He's he's got this this answer to all of his prayers, right? This new son, uh, his heir through his wife Sarah. Which I mean, both of them were well. It says Abraham was a hundred years old, and it doesn't. I don't think it ever actually says how old Sarah was, but um so he's the answer to their prayers i mean sarah's been praying for years about having an heir and she finally told him to go uh sleep with the concubine because she wasn't going to be able to do it and and god said no you know not the way you planned but here it is (laughs) you know and so and then god says okay abraham i want you to take your your son and i want you to sacrifice him um and what does abraham do he He doesn't question it at all. He has absolute faith, man. And it, but at the same time, man, you got to know that there's that internal dialogue going on. Like what, God, what are you doing? How is, what do you mean? Like this, this was the answer to my prayers. And now you're telling me to throw it all away. Like that doesn't make any sense. How does that make any sense? And, and so I'm even, you know, I've always had a problem with that story. And the fact that for me hearing that story, it's like, if God is omnipotent and omniscient again, and knows all and sees all. And so why is he testing Abraham? Why, why does he need to test Abraham? Because he knows what the outcome is going to be. Right. But I think that it's more important to look at the story through the eyes of, I think really what was going on is he's showing Abraham that no matter what, even when it feels like it's the most scary, unbelievable thing like this is it i've lost everything this this is this everything's lost like you can still trust him he's still gonna faith be faithful yeah. and even when you don't understand just lean into him trust him and he's gonna take care of it right and so what is what does god do he provides and that even says uh, jehovah jireh um, that god will provide right and that's that's really where i've been in this year man and that's what he keeps reminding me man that if i'm just um, faithful with, with what he's given me and and um, just try to, to do the best I can with what I have for him. Right. I mean, cause that's what it is. It's, it's, he wants all of us. And, and as long as I keep leaning into him, trusting him, following him. And, um, if, if God is all I have, then I have all I need, you know what I mean? But even bigger than that, he's going to take care of the things that I, that I don't even see happening. This house thing, man, it was, it's crazy how it all came about. I didn't, it wasn't my, on my radar. We'd been trying to, we already uh, petitioned um, Habitat for Humanity and they shot us down. Um, We were worked ourselves out of a mountain of debt. And then we were told we needed to save more money. And all of a sudden, God just started moving stuff around. And and here we are, um, less than a year later. And there's a, there's a foundation in the back of my house back of my property right now, where a house is going to be built by, by the end of July. And so not, I mean, that's just a little piece. You know what I mean? I, this, yep. this job right here, I get paid to talk to people about Jesus, man. Right. Like what? Sometimes I have to pinch myself, man. Like, you know, there was a, a point this summer where this last summer, where we just, we drove around down in the, um, impoverished area of Casper, like the, it's called North Casper and it's the most impoverished area in Casper. And we just, what we did is we just bought tons of ice cream, put it in coolers filled up this van with these coolers full of ice cream and drove around with a bullhorn yelling out the window, free ice cream. If you want ice cream, come get free ice cream. And you should have seen these little kids running up to the van. Ah, right. Wow. Laughing and smiling. We, we pulled up next to a, a swimming pool down there the whole swimming pool emptied out. And every kid in there was, <laughs> I want one. I want one. And man, it was, I had tears rolling down my face. It was wow. amazing. Like I get paid it's to do so stuff cool. like that, you know? Right. right. And God, and God, God, and we got to tell them about Jesus. Like this is, this is because Jesus loves you, man. Right. It was amazing, dude. And I get to do stuff like that all the time, man. And so one of the other things we've been doing too, is like, uh, we've started a, a, a prayer request ministry where we're, we're, since we can't go into the prisons and all those places, we've been uh, taking in self-addressed envelopes with a, a prayer request card and giving it to the people to give to all the prisoners. And then they send in their prayer requests. And we, there's a couple of our leaders from Celebrate Recovery that have been doing it with the old folks homes tiers too, because you those people can't have visitors either. Yeah. So they'll send, they'll send in a big basket full of uh, prayer requests. Like if there's something we can be praying with you about, or just even be a pen pal with you because you know, you're not alone. Jesus loves you. Right. We're here for you. And so that's been huge too, man. I think just people loving on people. Cause that's really what it's all about, man. It's it, like the two greatest commandments, right? Is love God with all your heart, soul and mind and love others. Yeah. And that's what we're trying to do, man. Be the Jesus in somebody else's life that might not get no Jesus.
1: Right. Yeah, that's so good, dude. Um, so one one of our one of our goals as a podcast is to encourage youth pastors. Um, we are all about encouraging youth pastors, and, and like I said, I, I think a lot of people are, a lot of youth pastors specifically are discouraged over the last year. Um, mm. So what what would just be a quick word of encouragement that you would give to a youth pastor that might be thinking of, you know, calling it quits in ministry because because of what they've experienced
2: last year in COVID. Well, like I said before, man, I, there was days where every day I felt like a fraud. You know, I felt like I, I was, I was the least qualified, least knowledgeable, least uh, uh, I was the most imperfect person for this job. And not only that, but I wasn't doing the job that I was hired for. Is basically how I felt, but that's not how God felt, man. And that's not that's not what God was doing in my life. And so, I would say to go back to that to that Genesis story, to that Abraham and Isaac story and remember that even when all seems lost, man, even when it seems like everything is not the way it's supposed to be, what is this God, you know? Wait on him, trust in him, follow him, be obedient and he will be faithful to you. He has good things in store for you he will provide but you know as the story goes give up and there will be no miracle right
1: yeah
2: like michael jordan used to say uh you miss 100 of the shots you don't take right yeah so if you don't even show up you're right i mean a friend of mine says all the time if you think you can or if you think you can you're right yeah meaning you're gonna be right either way so just keep on trucking man That's right. Hold your head up high, have faith that God knows what he's doing. He can see around corners and and you and I can't, he's got that big Uh game perspective, that long-term perspective that I don't have, you know? Right. Trust him, man.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So bro, we, we, uh, we asked all of our guests at the very end of, of the podcast here to, to share just a little bit, three, three, four minutes of what God's been speaking to you through this season. Um, uh, of your, of your life. Uh, because we're, we're firm believers that whatever God's speaking to you can be beneficial for other people. So, sure. so what, what, what has God been speaking to you kind of over the last, last month, two, three,
2: however long you want to go back? You know, I, I just think that, uh, in a world where everybody's holding toilet paper and, uh, Looking out for themselves, that we remember, we got to remember that loving others is what it's all about, man. Mm, come on, you know, it's not about it's not about uh, making sure that I got all my ducks in a row. It's, I mean, I've got it's again another Abraham story, right? God blesses him so that he can bless others. The same is right. true in my life, man. Like I, I'm of no use to anybody if if I'm not trying to help other people, man. Yeah, I'm not, I'm, especially myself. So. Um, I just got to remember that he loved me so that I can love other people, man. That's what it's all about. To whom much has been given, uh, much is expected, man. Come on. So good.
1: So, so good, man. Um, So I have been, are you ready for a nickname? Sure. I've Mm kind of been, I've been kind of sitting on that. (laughs) All right. Adam the inspiration.
2: okay bro i can handle that are you okay with
1: that you okay yeah, with yeah. That one? yeah no just l- seriously though like he- hearing your story hearing where you've come from and hearing just how god has worked in your life and hearing now how you are you know you've been you said you're coming on 10 years clean and all of that you know um and how god is using you to to, to reach to reach people for him like it's so inspirational to hear that to hear where where God has brought you from, so, Adam, the inspiration.
2: Thanks, bro. We love you. I I, I love it. I love the inspiration coming from the pod father, bro. Thank you. That's right.
1: <laughs> That's right. Yeah, that. So, bro, uh, before we before we close things out here, uh, where can people find you on are you on social media?
2: Oh yeah, all that yeah, kind of stuff. Yeah. On, I'm on Facebook, man. I'm trying to figure out Instagram. I'm not. I'm kind of hit and miss with Instagram. I'm on Instagram. Uh, but you can find me on Facebook, you know, Adam Doyle. My my uh, profile picture just says, I need Jesus. So I'm not hard to miss. I'm not Adam Doyle with no picture, just says, I need Jesus. And uh, yeah, you can find us on Celebrate Recovery, Casper, Facebook. Um, and yeah, hit me up, man. I would love to get to know you, help you however I can, and uh, lead you in a positive direction to the only person that can really help you, man. Because it ain't me, but I know the one who can. There
1: we go, man. Well man, I appreciate you coming on today. Loved it and hope all of our listeners were encouraged and equipped and powered by uh by what you had to share. I think they will be. So uh thank you again, man.
2: Thanks for inviting um, me,
1: bro. Yeah, youth ministry united nation. Until next time, have a great week. All right, bro. Hey, youth pastors, don't you love how ministry is easy? How every week is the exact same, how you only have to focus on one thing all week. There's always plenty of resources to go around to your youth ministry. Now, obviously, that's a bit of a joke, but hopefully your logo is not. Bright Cole Creative is on a mission to fix bad branding in the church. Now, Josh has spent a lot of time on staff. He's, he's spent time volunteering at churches and spent the last decade working at an advertising agency. So if you'd like to see some of the work that he does, go to brightcoal.com, that's B-R-I-G-H-T-C-O-A-L.com slash logos. Or if you need some lunch break entertainment today, check out his logo review series on YouTube at Grade My Logo with Bright Coal.